Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans, and joining me is my co-host and Danielle's energist, it's Ellie Nunn. <laughs> I've never related to someone as hard as Jacqueline in the car getting the call from that energist where she's like, that's like me on the phone to my mum every time my mum wants to tell me about like the latest housing development that's happening in her town in Emsworth. And I just yeah. like have the phone on with my eyes closed being like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's another fantastic, underrated comedic performance from Jacqueline the whole way through as she's playing games she's... on her phone and going along with it. She's great. Absolutely. But also such testament to what a nice person she is that she's like, I don't want to undermine this person's profession. I don't want to make them feel bad. It's, again, very similar to years ago. I once got a cold call at the door from this lovely guy called TJ who was trying to sell HelloFresh. <laughs> as a subscription and he was so delightful that after about 20 minutes of talking to him I actually invited him in for a cup of tea and my boyfriend at the time was just like sat in our living room and I came in being like this is TJ Um, (laughs) and we were signed up to HelloFresh for like eight months. Did I, have I ever told you about this? Um, this is like a really out of left field story. But a few years ago, my parents walked in on their house being burgled and they caught the burglar in the act. And my dad no. um, got into a fight with him and like rugby tackled him and managed to like hold him down. And the craziest part... If your dad and the burglar end up falling in love, I will be so happy. If this is a how <laughs> this we met is, story. This is that, but, <laughs> I mean, when the police were on their way, my dad was like, do you want a cup of tea? And made the burglar a cup of tea. Isn't that like just the most British thing you've ever heard? And And now they're friends. And now they're lovers. They go camping in the mountains (laughs) together, wrangling sheep. I don't ask too many questions. And that man was Danny Positano. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Don't you think that he and John would maybe have like a Brokeback Mountain storyline? Because they spend so much time staking out the joint while Danielle's inside a diner yelling at someone that... They must. Yeah, you really made me laugh earlier with that clip of John giving face. (laughs) He was. You're going to have to put that up on the Instagram. That was very, very funny. For a man who says nothing, he overcompensates on the face. It was like it it told a whole story. I love that I just called him Danny Positano. Posit. I think I just said the name of a village in Italy rather than his surname. Provenzano. 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 Danny Provenzano. <laughs> He's an enigma wrapped in a riddle and cash. So, and cash, and yes. How are you doing today, James? I'm. I'm to be honest, I don't even want to have this discussion with you. I just want. I'm pissed. I want to hit the ground running with this season oh, two great. drama. I don't have time for this. Getting to know you. <laughs> I we, don't have time for that. nonsense, Ellie. We've got Daniel's sure, birthday exactly. to get to. Care. We've got. I think naively, I thought we could do a two-parter for season two. And in my head, I thought the brownstone debacle was kind of more or less the halfway point. Little did mm. I know on my rewatch how much more shit goes down from the rest of the season 
I have copious. Okay, well, of you notes. T- like take the reins and you fire them at me, and I'll um, it'd be more like mastermind. I feel like you're you're go hit the ground running, run free, go James. Okay, go. cool. All right, so um, it's the aftermath of the brownstone event. Um, Danny famously goes, "A punk is a punk in a punk, and the manzos are punks," and then calls Chris a faggot. Taylor's oldest time. Yay! So then the next time Danielle and Kim are together, it's for Danielle's birthday party. And Danielle tells us, my good friend Kim G is throwing me my first adult birthday party. So I'm excited to see what she has planned for me. But do you really think she's never had a birthday party as an adult? Like her husband, none of her 19 fiancés, they've never No, didn't she say she's never for her? But isn't it about having someone organize one for you Have well that's you what i mean had... like her husband's never like arranged because i mean this it's not exactly like the met gala or something that kim g's organized it's just a load of women in a sure private room in a restaurant like her husband's never done that maybe he hasn't my poor ex-boyfriend once organized so he organized a surprise birthday party for my you know i can't even remember the ages it's all a blur but he organized one that was incredible i think you were there where he there was like a a decoy party that was a club crawl which was something i would never want to do ever i'm like taking caroline manzo on a club crawl like i <laughs> you're like, sitting on the sofa migraine. with like the, the, the ex- watching everyone <laughs> exactly i like to have watch them have fun with like the slicked back hair yeah but then it was actually like a 1920s themed like underground party and it was incredible and he did phenomenally and then the next year I was like oh I loved having someone else organize my birthday for me so I'm going to let him organize it again and I was in a show at the time which meant that he organized the party for after the show and it was on a bank holiday Monday and the party was at 11 p.m and no one came oh no one one of the uh, no which is unfair to the people but in my head it was like no one but it was like i was there. like eight or nine people <laughs> the turnout was shit with shit people boring fuckers it was bad oh. and well the saddest thing was i was in a show at the time with like 24 people and none of them came because apparently none of them got told that it was on right. there was a miscommunication somewhere along the line a lot of red tape but i will never let someone else organize a party for me again as a result and now he's my ex, so let the lesson be learned. I never throw me. A, I I think that uh, that was pretty loud and clear. I think there was a lesson. I felt absolutely positively betrayed. Throw me a birthday party that nobody comes to once, and uh, shame on me. But throw me <laughs> birthday party. And Do it twice, comes, and twice. I'm you're I, not I you're, so. you're not going to throw me no. a birthday party again. <laughs> Anyway, so, the birthday while, party. So also, doesn't Kim Chi pre... Oh, sorry, you probably were about to say this. No, but yeah, about how, it. like, pre-party, doesn't Kim Chi voice her discomfort with Danny? Absolutely, yes. So they're getting their hair did in their kitchen. Did. And, uh, Kim <laughs> it's G- like Chateau at home. Yeah. <laughs> There's an app. So, yeah. You can, like, order one of the Chateau girls. Oh, God, if not, there should be. Oh, is there, like, a pun on, like, Shay Hen- Chateau? Yeah, shit, yeah. That's just off the top of your head, Ellie. I know, it was good. Yeah, very good, I'm impressed. Better than whatever you were about to say. Yeah, com- com- <laughs> yes. So Kim Ji asks if Danielle is going to bring Danny, and Danielle goes, Danny? Danny who? Danny, Danny Provenzano? Oh, I could call him, he'll be here. <laughs> That's the bit I love the most. She always does that. She does it with when Dina calls on the phone. She's always like, Dina, who? Oh, Dina. Oh, oh, hi, Dina. It's so clever. 
It is. It's, it's such a clever little works. F you. It it's is. mind it's games. It's a psychological F you. The middle finger. I do that will. every time you call. Every time we zoom, I'm like, um, James. James. Oh, James. James. Yeah. Sorry. Of course, I'm being so stupid. No, but the thing is, my self-confidence is so low that I would fall for it every time and I'd have to be like, Ellie. With... <laughs> you know, I, I, I do think I'm that forgettable. But my favourite bit is the fact that she doesn't even pick up on the clear concern that Kim Ji has when she asks the question. So she then goes, I could call him if you'd like, he'll be here. And it's like, no, Danielle. And Kim Ji kind of says, you know, I don't feel good about the fact that he used that word. And, you know, and it's my son's best friend. I don't I, I don't feel happy about that. And then Danielle uses this argument that like, well, he wasn't calling a gay man a faggot, though. That is a watertight argument. (laughs) No flaw in that logic whatsoever. Uh, uh, uh. And then she seals the deal by going, but I am a gay advocate. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Danielle threw the first brick at Stonewall. (laughs) She also dismantled the first of the Berlin Wall. She was there for all of these. She she was there for all of them. She's a a rebel. How how much would you pay to watch Danielle give a performance of I'm Still Here? The Sondheim classic. The Sondheim one, yeah. But I'm still here. What is it? I've seen (laughs) this. I've seen that. Exactly. I've seen Danielle calling me garbage. Not once, not twice, but I'm here. I'm still here. (laughs) I'm still here. Um, And then my favorite bit is this argument that she uses that is such a non sequitur. I actually have to admire the confidence that she has to employ it when she goes, well, shame on his mother and his father for not being out there to protect him, knowing that I would be there. And putting him in a position <laughs> to deal with that on his own. And it's like, Isn't that an extraordinary, extraordinary great. argument? So if we deconstruct it, it's Danielle's arguing that if Danielle is at an event, it will most definitely, certainly end up in complete chaos. So And Caroline exactly. should know that. So, so shame on fault. you for not shame protecting your child. So then we get to Danielle's birthday party. And I just want to briefly mention Dottie, who we talked about before in the last... Episode, is Kim Kim G's I think Kim G's, Kim G's mom no Kim mom. G's mother-in-law and I think Kim D's mother oh now that's a complicated family tree yeah so the Kims are sister-in-laws as they say no are they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I had no idea yeah so I think it's Kim G is married oh, an to Kim little D's town. brother I know I love it and then Dottie I'm I think is Kim D's mum and I see a bit of a family resemblance there. I mean, both Kim D and Dottie like beat to the gods. So it's kind of hard to tell what they actually look like. But I I think <laughs> that there's a family resemblance there. But I'm, I'm fucking obsessed with her. And the reason it's really strong at the moment is because I've just come back from visiting my grandparents-in-law in Florida and mm-hmm. at their retirement complex. And I didn't want to come back because every woman there was like Dottie. Like Dottie is my tribe. Yeah. And she's like every woman walking along the beach at eight in the morning with like a little old lady hand weight in one hand and a glass of Riesling in the other, just feeling their oats. <laughs> They've like led a whole life. And I, I would die for Dottie. And part because she's oh. not scared of Danielle, because she goes up to her and she like gives her that big hug and you can tell she's furious with Danielle because she like holds both of her hands and they do like a little like mock wrestling thing. And she's like, I love you, but I want to talk to you. <laughs> it's like every, <laughs> the way every argument at every school dance started for me at boarding school. I love you, but I want to talk to you. But I want to talk, talk to you. Can we, what we used to say was, can I have a PT? 
which was a private tour. Oh, the drama. And then also if you walked all the time, you'd walk into one of the dormitories and two people would be in there and they'd be like, sorry, we're having a PT. And you'd be like, oh, okay, sorry. So would you just have to respect the PT? Did anyone ever go, Fuck Yeah, this. you couldn't no, override the PT. Got, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the PT sure. was sacred. I see. Dottie gets it. What she says goes. There's some very sus editing here because then it kind of just immediately cuts to Dottie and Kim G and Danielle just on the terrace outside in the cold New Jersey bluster. Yeah, do you think that Danielle tried crying. to like, do you think Danielle was like, I don't want to talk and production probably, I wonder if that's a bit of a bravo, bravo, bravo moment where... Danielle will have like fought it a bit and that's the first moment where they could cut back in with a slight without a kind of breaking of the fourth wall yeah because you're right it is weird that we don't get any of that build up and I don't believe that that I don't think production would let that happen unless they that's all they had do you think she had like a paranoia induced meltdown at production I mean season two just is a paranoia induced meltdown yeah that's what I mean like there's so much of it on camera I wish that in a way that this were filmed today where there is so much more of a we have much more of a taste for behind the scenes I do I want to (laughs) see she must be freaking out of the producers whoever the poor producer is who's stuck following Danielle around I just imagine that she was probably partly freaking out about this whole faggot thing of like it being turned on her where rather than just owning it and being like yeah he shouldn't have said that the whole thing is becoming every way possible for it to try and not stick on her as like because I think she clings on a lot to her her having had the one small win of the first season of the gay advocate thing right and also she's like really clutching at straws on the friends front and kim g is pretty much all she has and so if kim g sort of starts drama then yeah she puts the boot down on it very quick she sort of slides from victim to villain again very easily so but yeah kim g and dotty are the most kind of like saccharine fighters with her it's that thing of like no sweetie no we love you we're not saying that no it's i mean it, it's hard to fight against that when you've got someone being like how oh, you could do this on my birthday on my I'm birthday crying. and then she's saying you would bring up the manzos and then they're like why do you care and she's like i don't care i just hate them ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's like don't bring up the war don't mention the war exactly you would yeah. bring up the manzos <laughs> it's a very sensitive subject so then kim g and dotty just sort of like back away slowly they've basically discovered you can't argue with danielle and it's something which i think we get with Teresa as the show goes on which is with certain people where there's no accountability and just if you go against them in any way or question their narrative in any way then you're like dead to them which is a problem for the show especially since already no one will film with danielle so yeah. I feel like they're like, Kim G, fix it, fix it. Well, then you, you do kind of see Kim G sort of overcorrecting in her next interaction with yes. Danielle with the whole Ashley Facebook messages. And I would argue, following on from our question last week about whether Kim G is just grimy and desperate or whether she's just a bit of a people pleaser, this is probably the strongest argument for the former, where she's really encouraging Danielle to go down Mm. this legal path and suddenly get very litigious over some Facebook messages. I love it when they play it, when they later in the season, like counter it with what she's saying to Jacqueline. To Jacqueline, oh yeah. And they do one of those great bits of editing where they just like cut back to, when she's being like, I told her to drop it. And they just like cut straight back to her being like, Like, you should prosecute. 
Call the police. <laughs> have her arrested. Let's do what we have to do here. Let's string her up by the ankles. <laughs> set her on fire. Tar her. Feather her. Make her learn her lesson. I think yeah. life. I think life is fair. <laughs> she must have snorted something. She comes on so heavy in that scene. <laughs> because it's the only time that she's she's not just tolerating Danielle's harebrained schemes, but you see her leading Danielle. It's like Danielle is the karma one in this situation. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the rise and fall of Kim Ji across this season is so good in terms of, so I honestly feels like a serial podcast waiting to happen. Yes. Of like, it's like, who's the mole? Like, yeah. <laughs> who's the rat? <laughs> who's the... <laughs> and yeah, you're so right that that's one of those instances where so Ashley's written to Danielle I mean it seems to be part of a sort of Facebook feud it really dates the show in this wonderful although I suppose people still have Facebook feuds it just feels I I just Facebook's kind of a distant memory to me well the fact that you can send a Facebook message back in the day I forgot you could do this that was like an email with the proper subject line and everything so Danielle sent this message saying and this where the subject is get a life in capital letters. <laughs> yeah, it's like a nice relic from 2009. So did Danielle start it? Well, I mean, uh, oh, I, I mean, mean when your two parties are Danielle and Ashley, I mean, it's very hard to kind of pass what the truth is here. I sure. Think. But this but is the Ashley's one that... written being like, leave me and my family alone. We know where you're going to hell. Basically, you're going to hell. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and we get that amazing moment when Danielle's like, Bye. Bye. <laughs> Is, is that, a, that threat? a threat? Is that bye? I'm going to kill you in the night. No, I'm going to say that goodbye. Bye, I'm coming and to never your house. See you again. Is that <laughs> bye? Is it I'm going to stab you? Bye, bye, Birdie, the classical musical <laughs> from the late 1970s, in which one of the characters <laughs> is this bye? Who will buy my sweet red red roses? <laughs> Two blooms for a penny. That kind of bye. <laughs> I don't think so, Ashley. I've got your number. From the popular musical Oliver by Lionel Bard, who is now dead. That kind of threat. Is that what you're trying to say? Bye. However she argues it, she's on the phone to the Department of Homeland Security because we then get a talking head from her. It's not just a threat. It's This is highly terroristic. This is I hate you. <laughs> and I want the world to know. It is nothing short of the KKK to me. Absolutely. I mean, that's Ashley's side hustle. It's why <laughs> Ashley's always running late. And she's like coming from her side terrorist activities. This is what I don't get, though. And they keep saying maybe it's just because it's a load of mums and they don't know how Facebook works. But they keep saying that Ashley sets up these hate websites about Danielle. And I'm like, Ashley's a complete waste of space. She's shown a faculty for nothing apart from getting fucked up and being rubbish at mm-hmm. everything like i don't think mm-hmm. ashley has the capability to code an anti-danielle website exactly do they just mean like setting up a page on facebook Ma- a facebook page maybe or a group yeah a hate website a hate website this is what i love about danielle though it's like how she's able to be so nonchalant about criminals crashing a baby's cancer charity yeah. event and then be so mortally offended by this stupid Facebook message to the extent that she compares Ashley to someone from the KKK. She's like an ever-changing sea of contradictions. She's like all the chaos of Kim Richards with all the haughtiness of Eileen Davidson in one mortal body. And you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, or like Heather Dubrow. Yes, yeah, very Heather yeah, yeah. Dubrow. That's so true. And she's always talking 
in her confessionals in particular, like she's on the stand in court arguing her case. And she knows deep down that it's not very watertight. And so she's really amping up the, the victimhood where she's like, I do feel threatened by, by Ashley's words. Most definitely. I do. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> So the next thing we get is this sort of the Dina Danielle showdown. Dina actually lasted a lot longer on this season than I thought. In my head, it was just, she was on for like three episodes and then she was like, nah, 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 I'm good. I'm getting out of here. I know, but she basically does because she's not really there and she doesn't really no, do she's anything. she's checked out. And then yeah. she comes for this like one conversation. And please tell me we're going to talk about the phone call when, first of all, it's just so funny that Danielle's out like buying Danny a suit. That's so because funny. he's like her weird like pet project where it's like now we need to fix the look but then he like starts trying on the suit and just like, in the yeah, middle of the store yeah. stripping off it's like he's mm, honestly yeah. never been out in public before it's like he's like walking around on all fours and danielle's got him on a chain <laughs> around his neck and he's like gonna start leg humping the sales assistant so you can't take him anywhere but also just that like ratty thing of being like yeah this is nice yeah 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 john's just there chewing his gum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they start it's the most bizarre thing i've ever seen where danny starts doing his whole like last time i was in a suit i was in front of a judge yeah yeah and then he and danielle <laughs> and john do like this whole bit where they're like joking about being convicts and then danielle does this bit where she's like pointing each hand in either direction and she's like it wasn't me it was him and they were like hey and it all gets a bit like <laughs> laurel and hardy she's doing like a whole like who's on first bit but about the mafia they're like who whacked them all who did it who yeah who i just told you who it was who <laughs> and that's where she is now at the end of the period <laughs> doing a little vaudeville she and danny yeah, and john now do a vaudeville act yeah. <laughs> Da, 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 da. But yes, it's a great phone call then that interrupts this little comedy bit that they're doing where Dina phones up. Dina, Dina. 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 Celine Dion. Oh, Dina. Dina, Dina. Oh, hi, Dina. Dina, Dina, who I've obsessed about for the lot. Yes, Dina, no, Dina. No, I don't think yes. about you at all, Dina. Oh, that Dina. No. So then Dina basically says, look, can we just like clear the air? Let's meet up somewhere in public and just have a chat. And then Danielle says, okay, cool, fine. And then hangs up and then immediately goes into her. Do you think that maybe there's something going on there? <laughs> Do you I think she's know. going to bring armed guards? I think she to the may restaurant? be bringing, I think we she may be bringing need to check. the army with her. I don't know. I think we need to check if it's a knife fight. What weapons think, we're, we're going to be bringing? I think I should check. Should I bring my suit of armor? I should I bring a gun? So. Yeah. <laughs> so then she phones up Dina again and Dina's like, hello. And she's like, can I just... <laughs> you're coming alone, right? And Dina's like, yes. She's Danielle, like, I'm no, I'm alone. bringing the fucking jets. What no. do you think? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll bring the sharks. I'll see you there. Right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Let's rumble. So then they come and meet at this bar called chakra and dina seems uh, not dina danielle seems like weirdly excited almost like because she's sort of semi-obsessed with yeah you can tell she's going into this thinking that they may come out of it best friends yes and she goes in with the energy like it's a date and it's almost like she's like dressed her best she is kind of tingling a bit with the the potential of the evening and her response to coming in 
and Dina quite quickly shutting it down is just like, I'm not going to waste your time. I basically just want to say that I don't want to do this anymore and I don't really want any more to do with you is like someone who thought a boyfriend was going to apologise to them but actually they were like, can I pick up my stuff tomorrow? It's like a sort of secondary heartbreak where you kind of see the walls close in and the hurt and the humiliation of like, I kind of, I thought, I I came in with hope and I came in. It's It's actually very sad. It is very heartbreaking. And yeah, completely. You see the hopefulness in Danielle's voice where she's like, do you want to order something to eat? And then Dina's just like, no, this won't take long. You see her heartbreak a little bit. Exactly. She thought that they were going to like get sushi and by the end of it, they might be laughing. They'd be gabbing away. They'd be having their cosmos together a couple of girlfriends let's do it let's just go on our journey let's just do it and you feel in that moment despite all the chaos at the brownstone that danielle really thought right up until the bitter end that she had a chance of a friendship with dina and that this is fundamentally where all this madness comes from no matter how delusional that may feel and like you say like if she's the girlfriend thinking that he's gonna take her back or something yeah dina's coming into this almost the fact that they wanted to meet at a bar and dina later on when it gets a bit heated she's like please there are people trying to eat the calamar here <laughs> she's got the energy of a boyfriend breaking up with his girlfriend in public so that she doesn't make a scene yes yeah i think one takeaway for me from this scene is when danielle said she's a single mother going through a divorce she's trying to sell her house you, Dina, have everything. You have a family. You have a second husband. I don't have that. That was a point I think worth emphasizing. And I think it maybe answers your question from a couple of weeks ago about why Danielle cares so much, why she's so jealous about Dina when Dina's so unremarkable. And I think that because Dina's husband never films on the show, it's quite easy to forget that she's not actually a single mother, that she does have mm. a partner and a co-parent and, a, you know, she has some support. Yeah, you're right. And I think that even though she is unremarkable, Dina represents something that's very aspirational. Stability. And absolutely. And I think that that is. She, Danielle thinks it's something that she, that's all she wants and it should be attainable just to find a new guy who can be a good father to her kids and it, she seems to be incapable of doing that because she keeps hanging out with scumbags like Steve and I think just as love and hate are two sides of the same coin admiration and jealousy are very intertwined also mm. so it makes a lot of sense that she said that to Dina I know you struggle with that with me don't you completely to this day because I do have it all I have it all I also think I know. Ellie, you have everything. <laughs> you have a there role in a hard of silence movie. As if, as if that just hit too hard. Mm. I was like, do exactly. I open this can of worms? I was like, no, no. No, put the Hallmark no. can away, James. I know, I know. I need to just pull a lid on that jealousy. And I no, think of course, it, but everything it, you're saying is true. And of course, like, there is sympathy for Danielle, but we do also have to talk about how she does one of the best like spicy edits Macy introduced me to that phrase, this idea of a, a, a spicy editor, someone who, I mean, I think it's quite self-explanatory, but the story gets bigger each time. And I do just so enjoy that even by the time Dina's left, five seconds later, Danielle's version of the story, where it's like, I was like, oh, do you want to get some food? And she's like, oh, this won't take long. Oh my God. I won't the- be staying for food for that long, you scum. You piece of shit. No, it's such, absolutely. This scene is such a classic example of both sides, in fairness. When they retell a story, they both exaggerate it so much. Because then even yeah. when Dina goes into Caroline's kitchen, she's like, she was saying, you know, I'm not crazy. But then Dina's impression of her is like, I am not crazy. Like making it seem like Daniel's <laughs> honestly possessed. It's so funny how they do it. Don't shush me. Don't shush me. I am not disposable, Dina. You don't tell me. You oh. don't get to... Cut people out of your life. 
So I think you can actually. Yeah, that is one of her weaker points. I think you absolutely can, unfortunately. <laughs> but I think again, it just goes this it, this scene. It really Dina inadvertently or purposefully managed to hit every one of Danielle's buttons, which we've said before is that totally. fear of being abandoned and humiliated yeah. as well. And like bearing in mind, no one's filmed with her all season. It's like her first time getting to film with one of the women, and it's basically them being like, "You're crazy." Yeah, which completely. she is, but that's besides the point. So basically, after that, Dina fucks off. And she's like, I'm done, I'm out. And then we never see Dina again. I think Dina has a very, um, there's a scene, the first scene where Caroline and Teresa and Jacqueline sort of acknowledge that Dina's left the show. It's this very dramatic lunch where they're at a table for four. And then Caroline's like, there's a seat missing, as you can all see. <laughs> my God, these women. These I know, women they're obsessed. These chairs. It's like an art installation. I wanted to say to you, I watched, um, do you know Sleep No More? It's to, based on Macbeth. Yes, um, yeah. I went to watch their performance the other day. And there's like, a, they have the whole like um, banquet scene where Banquo's ghost turns up. And I was kicking myself that I hadn't seen it before we recorded the last thing, because I was like, this is also that whole like Danielle's luncheon yeah. for Christine. It feels very Macbeth as well, where suddenly like the ghost of totally. Dina turns up and... Like only she can exactly. see Exactly. To be fair, the ghost of Dina does kind of hang about this show in general. I feel like she it does. becomes... Um, it's like you once spoke... On one of our previous episodes, you were speaking about like these housewives who come up again and again where it's like when their name is mentioned, sort of like Jill Zarin or Camille or... T- oh, I mean, Camille did kind of come back, but I'm trying to think of other people where their presence is still felt. Obviously, Lisa Vanderpump, they're sort of gone, not gone. And Dean is definitely one of those ones where it's like, she will be used as ammunition. Yeah, she herself, her behavior has a spectral quality where she just, even in this season, she just kind of comes back for one episode to do the christening and then leave again. She comes back and does a season years later and she's like, okay, I'm good, bye. But then, yeah, you're so right. The way they bring up her name, normally when we bring up ex-housewives, there's already that kind of... um that frisson that goes all through your body. But with Dina, it's like a cold chill runs through. Exactly. It's like Dina, 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 Dina. Yeah, because she weirdly has more drama off of the show than any of her time I was, on the show. I think that's what I meant, is that yeah. often like, and also this show, they're very, in the same way, they're very like, we don't speak about the families vibe. There's a lot of the, we can't talk about that. Yeah. That and 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 that always hangs around the Dina thing. This like family unspoken, which is exactly why I think it's a cold chill. Especially because it's like uh, like often happens on the show, like with Jacqueline and Caroline getting into a fist fight years before, and they never really explain it. We never really get to the bottom of it, and they always refuse to acknowledge it. And I think it's so damning, in particular for Caroline, because in these first two seasons, she built her persona around I am my family. My family is me and we stick together. So the fact that Dina isn't talking to Caroline anymore, it just like, it's that little loose thread that every time Teresa brings it up, yeah. she just pulls on it. Your impression of more. Caroline really makes me want to give you some Vicks or something. It's like a sinus infection. <laughs> My block nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so Dina, Dina's done. Dina's done. She's and dead. Then we... Are we on to the posh? Let's talk about... No, no, no. We want to talk about the sex tape. Because this then leads into Danielle's oh. getting her sexy back. Oh my God, of course. So of we course. have to talk about that. There's so many... This is what I mean. Like when you think about this season, you think about those two big events, the Brownstone and the posh fashion show. But there's so many amazing little one-off 
storylines and scenes for each episode before that. Okay, like take beautiful... us through Danielle getting her sexy back. Yeah. Um, she's as low as she could be. Dina, she's basically no, heartbroken no, no. from being dumped by Dina. And then... Yeah, so she goes to seek solace with her ragtag bunch of girlfriends. So she goes around to Sue's house to play with her massive Great Dane. And Danielle says, um, yes, like you say, she's heartbroken from Dina's breakup. And she says... I'm not going to put too much stock anymore in hoping for a friendship with Dina. And it's like, your thing? Like, <laughs> oh, only now? She's all of us, all of us who've ever called or like, where someone's been like, I don't think I really want to see you anymore. And the next day you're like, I don't think we should see each other anymore. I've thought no. about it. Um, I've had a thought. I think this is I, toxic. I actually think that you're toxic for me. I think I'm better off without so, you. Uh, so, no. <laughs> Danielle. If you want to talk, I'll be here. But I think uh, I'm leaning towards... No. No. (laughs) I value myself and my happiness. So the reason Danielle's come to Sue's house with her friends Kathy and Anna Marie in tow is a ruse. A hilarious ruse to push this stupid, scripted, bullshit storyline that since Steve leaked some sex tapes that he made with Danielle, she no longer feels comfortable in her body anymore and she's like lost her sexy. Yes, because we weren't getting enough of the kind of harried woman storyline here. I, exactly. She's like, and now I just feel like a shell. And what's funny is we never see her lose her sexy. We only see the fluffing of her sexy from the other women. This happens a lot in this show. I think that's what I meant before with the editing. There's like a lot taken out. And later on with the whole Kim G falling out with Danielle thing, we like see these big scenes where they talk about how they feel, but no sort of buffer scene in the middle where we see Mm. Kim G telling Jacqueline about Danielle looking for her mum or we see Mm. Kim G realise that Danielle's been talking about her. Anyway, that's later on. Yeah, when they do the podcast, they're going to need to sort that out. Completely. So all the women tell her that her body's amazing. And one of them, Kathy, goes, your arms are better than Michelle Obama's. (laughs) And Danielle goes, no, really? And she like slides (laughs) off her jacket really slinkily, (laughs) like she's about to perform a striptease for the ladies right there and then in Sue's kitchen. Hey, we've all done that. We've all had a group of girlfriends around just to go through. I actually, I did a tape once for, they did a televised thing of Little Women and... I remember one of the lines was about like, you have the you have the nicest waist of all of us or whatever. And it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it's just that whole scene. It's having people coming around and being like, oh, I'd kill for your legs. Oh, I know. And your boot. Mine? Oh. These little old things? These little, should I get them out? Should I get them out, girl? Are you sure? She just pops out one tear and then someone's like, yeah, yeah they look great. <laughs> oh, I see. And then pops out the other one. I don't know. I'm not sure. And then like rips off her leggings, like bends over. I'm self-conscious. <laughs> She's like crawling along the kitchen countertop, like spreading her legs. Have you seen my ass? I don't mm. know. I mean, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I work out on it all the time. And all the guys oh, say like- they love love it what do you think though just as like a sexy and then suddenly she's just like walking around in nothing but her high heels she's walking down the street like shouting at the neighbors i don't know what do you think <laughs> danielle you look great oh i, I think you're uh, really I, I, I can't see what you're seeing 
So then they talk about, they, they all keep talking about how Danielle is covering up her body as if she's walking around in a fucking burlap sack or something. She's in pleather leggings and high heels. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. I know, afternoon. when has that Danielle's ever happened? Fine. Like what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Making out like she's dressed in a nun's habit all the time. Like I don't understand. Maybe that's what's off camera that we're not seeing. It's Maybe, like the three yeah, days where she funny. wore that nun's habit. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot to mention. Do you remember that scene at the very beginning where she like goes to seek solace from a priest about the woman? Oh my god, yes. And they end up having an argument together where he's like because so he's like, deal? you should forgive them. You forgive them. She's like, I can't forgive them for what they've done to me. And he's like, be the bigger person. And she's like, I am the bigger person. How dare you? <laughs> what we don't see is she just like burns down the church on yeah. her way out. <laughs> Nick's a nun's habit. I She's like, like Danny. Yeah. <laughs> What's it the world, Danny? So then um Exactly. So Danielle is alleging that Steve has taped Danielle having Secretly sex taped with him. him yeah. yeah, using hidden cameras. And then she's like, and I'm not calm in the boudoir. Weird little pat on the back for yourself being like, I know. I'm amazing in bed. And I'm loud. So then Kathy, this Kathy woman has the fucking audacity. To say that if she's going to set Danielle up with one of her male friends, she's going to have to show a lot more skin. Fuck off, Kathy. It's December oh in New God. Jersey. It's cold outside. Give Danielle a fucking break. Secondly, no, like she's the frumpiest dressed out it's of all. It's also of them. not like 1948. Like no, what you. On about like Kathy, Kathy, keep your fashion advice to yourself. No one wants to hear it. She was covered head to toe. Exactly. I think it's a really good moment that Jacqueline has though, and I think she scores big brownie points at the beginning of the scene when they're having that boys' poker night, and then Steve comes over and she makes a point of and taking she... him to one side. Totally. She's like, whatever. Go I... Yeah, I think it's disgusting what you, you did. shouldn't have done. That. Jacqueline's always great though. She's always on the right side. I think of every argument, and mm. she's definitely. On these shows, it's very hard to pick a person to be your moral compass because so often they end up in one situation or another being on the wrong side of an argument. And it's like difficult. I think it's why you have to go into these shows making your own mind up about these things rather than picking a person who you side with. But Jacqueline's about as close to a moral compass as any of these shows have, I think. Yeah, side note, this makes me think of when we recorded our Christmas episode and we were like ranting and raving about how much we love Jenny and she's never put a foot wrong and she's always the right side of an argument and now it's come out that she's been fired for all those racist posts that she made. So that has aged like milk. She's also apparently like a massive Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah. Yay. Yay us. And that's why taste. you should never pick favourites. Exactly, yeah. I still love her daughter. Kyla forever. So then we get... The, I just hate this whole... Th- the the way that the men talk about Danielle and her taking these videos of us. Because basically Steve says, I didn't record her secretly. Danielle recorded videos of herself and then sent them to me. And then suddenly everyone's like, oh, well, that's okay. And it's like, well, no, 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 that doesn't answer anything. But how does that explain how they got leaked in the first place that you apparently tried to sell them for totally. money? Like, that doesn't excuse anything. And then we just cut to He's all the rat. men. Fucking Joe Judice being like, that's disgusting. And it's like, fuck off. Like, your goomar hasn't been sending you videos like that yourself. And I just think there's enough stuff to... In general, I don't like how they talk about Danielle in a sort of slut-shamey way. There's enough stuff to... yeah use against Danielle without just like calling her a whore all the time. It's like, totally. Let's be better than that. But anyway, so Danielle... Take me to the pole dancing class. <laughs> so the sun rises on a cold, rainy day in New Jersey. Oh. And Danielle oh. and her gang rock oh. up at... You're right. Sorry, I got overexcited. I know. I... I oh, God. Of the bed. <laughs> I know. 
You realise that we didn't say that I was in bed, so... I think people can infer it by now. <laughs> I've lost my sexy, James. Well, we'll have to go to the squeeze lounge. Oh, yes, please. And then we'll have a, a twirl around the pole and then all will be well. Who would be Kim G and who would be Danielle? I think we know. I think we know. Oh. <laughs> I'd be Danielle. You're more of a dancer than me. Either way, we both have to get our ass cracks out because they both have a go. They do, but honestly, my worst nightmare would be to end up that image of Kim G. Anyway. It's so fucking grim. It's the middle of the day. Right. So all the work lights are on. There's absolutely no atmosphere. Danny and the Hells Angels are just lined up at the bar, hollering at them all the way through. And I don't know about you, the fact that they're holding, they're not holding bottles of beer. They're holding coffee cups, which is what really gets to me. Oh my God, it's so grim. I just think it's like, it's like nine in the morning and they're like sipping their lattes with a front row of Kim's ass crack. She slithers up a pole is not how anyone should start their day. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Oh God, the whole thing makes me feel a bit sick. I know. Not in a slut shamey way, just no, to be no, 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 no. Very just, clear. It's too early in, in the morning. Like an for Alex that sort McCord, like. But also, it's just that thing of going like, oh God. So basically, I've wanted to try pole dancing for ages. I have various friends who I know really want to do it and mainly just because like I I think it looks like an amazing workout and just so much fun and I swear what's stopping me is my like deep deep rooted fear that I would be Kim G on the pole yeah and you're so true it's such an Alex McCord turn it's that thing of like something in them makes you have such a revulsion not because they are repulsive as a person but because it hits like a deep fear in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, Kim Chi, she's all dressed up. She's got her hair slicked back. She's in a Carlton little lady wrestler shorts and a knee-high strip of the boots. boots. Just, I can imagine her just like in her bedroom at home the night before and she's like prancing around and she's like got different options on her bed and she's like looking herself in the mirror and she's like this is the one this is my stripper look (laughs) and then she it's like as soon as she touches the pole there's like an immediate gravitational pull that just pulls her down to the floor she cannot even get one inch up that pole and she's eventually someone just has to literally grab her from her bottom and just push her up and then her ass crack comes out. She's flailing around. Her limbs are going oh. in every single direction. She's got her little white cotton G-string sticking out. Oh my out. God. And everyone's cheering her on, but they're cheering her on in a way that you would a baby taking their first steps. It's like slightly patronizing. You're kind of like, yay, great. Well done, Kim. Oh my God. Yeah. Honestly, I've been bouldering a lot recently and I'm terrified that that's when I look halfway up the wall, that that's, that's what everyone's seeing. Is your white cotton G-string on show? Always. Always. I actually fell, I actually fell off like the top of the bouldering wall the other day. And um, it was, it was quite terrifying. I'm it sure. It was like a big fall. I think I'm still in recovery. It's a terroristic attack on well, behalf of the... And then I watched the... Free Solo and now I don't think I, <laughs> now I don't think I can ever go back. No. I'm going to say it again. Oh, it's a terroristic I I attack. I stick to pole dancing. <laughs> um... <laughs> I love that talking head that Danielle does where she's like, I was myself an exotic dancer in the 80s, but we were more burlesque dancers then. <laughs> and then it immediately cuts to a talking head from Caroline going, a, a burlesque dancer. I mean, seriously, please. I, I-, I didn't know this was 1936. <laughs> oh, please. 
Danielle's in like cabaret all of a sudden. She'll be good in cabaret. Exactly. Yeah. Or I like the idea of her having the kind of burlesque where they have those two massive feather fans. Yeah. And they're like one of like 20 girls doing like beautiful girls. Yeah. You're a lovely picture. <laughs> Da 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 da. <laughs> you have to understand the way I am, mine hair. <laughs> a tiger is a tiger, so then, uh, not a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> so Danielle gets on the pole. Oh, it's so and, fucking because uh, she's she's meant to just go up the pole, and Danielle is like, no, no, I'm gonna do my own little thing. And then take it away. So she just like gives this private performance where it's like, always maintain eye contact. Ba-da-da, and like, wait, it's this weird shot of Danny being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like panting. But it's like weird because I also feel like the guys, I maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like those men do not fancy Danielle. I, mean, I think you- that it's all meant to be putting on this whole thing of like these men will do anything for her but I kind of get the sense that they'll do anything for her but they're very aware that she's like crazy and I feel like it's very forced their reaction and this whole thing is just such a performance of like Danielle gets her sexy back and she's like what's the thing she's like make an offer no, we had this discussion. It's not make an <laughs> offer. It's not make an offer. It's oh god, I it it's not pivot and it's not no. make an offer. It's um it's um always engage and suggest. It's engage then suggest. <laughs> yeah. Make an offer. <laughs> Put the money on the table. Make an offer. And suggest. Mm. <laughs> Just write a number on a piece of paper, slide it over <laughs> with your vagina, and then suggest. And then suggest. Mm. And then it's just so annoying because then we get a talking head from her going like, I think I realized that I did have my sexy all along. And it's like, so why are we here? <laughs> it's like, exactly. We all knew that. Like, Great. you Thanks, think Danielle. you're incredibly hot. Like, yeah. move along. Should we talk about the housewarming that Teresa has and Elvira? Oh, jeez. Yes. I thought you wanted I... to. No, I do want to. I just can't believe how much is in this second half of the season. I know. She's just, she's so Dina 2.0 and it's not Dina. Dana. Dana 2.0 and it's just brilliant she's she's almost too large a character for New Jersey even like even Teresa seems to not really know what to do with it she feels straight out of Beverly Hills just like walking in and just like ripping Teresa's house apart like Dana she must have been auditioning for the show or caught wind that Dina had gone so she was achieving her moment No, I've no, why would she make such a splash in such an obnoxious way? It's like the most manic, unhinged performance I think we've seen this season of Jersey, which is saying something. I mean, tough competition, but I love the kind of... Um, <laughs> there's like a three-strike system that Teresa has and that she's operating on in this scene. So the first strike is they're going around the house. And for some reason, this woman, Elvira, has this weird preoccupation with having help and live-in staff. So she's like, oh, you don't have a cleaner? I have a cleaner. I have a cleaner. You should get a cleaner. What? What? You clean it all yourself? And then Teresa, she's like, yeah, I cook the food. I clean. I look after the kids. I do everything. I'm Italian. I'm old school. And then she's like, well, I have a cleaner. I have a cleaner. I have a nanny. I have a live-in help. I have servants. I have valets. I have a driver. I have a governess. I have a dog's body. You should get a dog's body. 
You'll thank me later. It is crazy that Teresa cleans that house all by herself. I know. Respect. Like, I know like, it's all I'm... just like marble surfaces that you can probably just wipe down, but With still. One Swiffer, yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised by her. So then strike two is they go outside into the back garden and Elvira's like, what, you don't have a pool? <laughs> yeah. Then Teresa's getting pissy at this point. She's like, no, I don't have a pool. I have a beach house. And then Elvira, of course, is like, well, I have a beach house and I have a pool. And I have a pool. <laughs> and then we just get these talking heads from Teresa. Teresa's doing her best mouth breeding she's just blinking she doesn't know what to say to this woman and then we just get a talking head from her being like she's such a bitch (laughs) (laughs) and then strike three is the floor mat situation because then when they go back into the house from the backyard Elvira's like, what, you, you don't have a floor mat? You know, I'm tracking in dirt in the house. Like, see, look, my feet, they're all wet. They're dirty. And they're going to track it into your floor. And Teresa's like, it's fine. I'll clean it. And she's like, well, you wouldn't have to clean it if you had a cleaner. Shut <laughs> up, Elvira. And then I love her. The scene just ends with Teresa literally slamming the door in Elvira's face mid-sentence. <laughs> and I've never liked Teresa more. It's so good. Yes. And then I thought it was just I think that- she, I feel like, oh, sorry. No, because then no. Elvira comes back because there is the housewarming party itself. She's an absolute tyrant when it comes to how she treats her employees. She has that whole moment where she's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. No, I need you to stand over there. Stand over there, I'm thinking. And she like (laughs) makes her two assistants stand up a level away from her. That's what I'm going to be like one day when I get, when I finally hit a position of power. I'm going to refuse to rehearse within six feet of anyone else. No one is allowed in my eyeline. It's distracting. <laughs> I'm thinking. It's going to be part of my process. I need a cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I need my cleaner to come no, and help me with no my we, thinking. Uh... Um, can we talk about the other best supporting performance of the season, which is the woman who works at Posh? Yes. Yes. This is one of my favorite scenes in Housewives. And, but especially, I think potentially it's my favourite scene in the whole of season two. So Danielle turns up at Posh and seems to generally think of her friends as being like on tap for her mm-hmm. in a way like she doesn't seem to have said she's coming or to, it's not like calling to arrange time with a friend. It's like just turning up at your friend's place of work and we get her walking in and this quite naturally sour-faced kind of sunken-eyed employee who I think is just not blessed with like a cheery disposition or face. I don't mm-hmm. think I think that's one of D- Danielle's like fundamental misunderstandings of the situation. I think it's just this woman's face. And Danielle like breezes in to Posh to ask to speak to Kim D and this woman puts a hand up and doesn't Danielle immediately is like again it's just the perfect example of the spicy edit. Well, let's set the scene. Danielle's coming in hot already because we find out in a confessional from Danielle. She's like, quite some time ago, I received a call from Kim D inviting me to Posh's fashion show. However, I received some information that Teresa and Jacqueline were also going via text from several different people all at the same time. So she, her antenna of, I don't think this is correct. Is, you know, that whole thing's going on. So yeah, so she gets in her white Range Rover, drives out to have it out with Kim D. So she's already angling for a fight. Yeah. And then she walks into, Posh is weirdly empty because every other time we've gone in, it's always Kim D and that gormless blonde assistant she has both sitting behind the <laughs> desk. And they're like, hi. Um, so no, that was very Jill Zarin. Jill Zarin's there as well. Why not? <laughs> that was... <laughs> And fuzzy bear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this one time, Kim D is nowhere to be found because she's apparently next door paying the water bill, which 
I think we all know she's breaking somebody's legs next door because yeah. they owe her money. Well, I was paying the water bill. Well, I was paying the water bill. So then this woman, Donna, is behind the thing. Oh, she has a name? She's called Donna. I made a point of rewinding it and getting her name. And this woman looks anywhere from about 30 to 100 years old. I have no idea 100%. how old she is. She's clearly smoked about 100 cigarettes in her life because her mouth looks like a character from a Jim Henson Labyrinth movie where she's, I know it's horrible too, but she's just got such wrinkles around her mouth yeah, yeah. that it's so hard to tell how old she is. And there's such a juxtaposition between her hairdo, which is very like Midwestern mum from 1994, and then her actual outfit where she fell on a sales rack in Juicy Couture and then had a midlife crisis and decided to drive over to, to Posh. She also just looks like she hasn't drunk water for like three days. Yeah, she very, looks like approved. She looks like she's just like really dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe is why she's in quite a bad mood. Danielle walks in and this woman is on the phone to Kim G and she kind of does like a vague look up. Yeah, but she's like, she's not scared of Danielle. She's just like, I'm on the phone. Yeah. And then finishes up the call. And then this is where I have to say, I'm actually on Danielle's side on this one. I do think Don is a bit rude because when it's not the her being on the phone when Danielle comes in, it's afterwards because I've worked in retail. I know a thing or two about customer service. <laughs> she's kind of, she doesn't say like, Hi, welcome to Posh. Sorry about that. What can I do for you? She just kind of like looks at her like, huh? And I think, I think that's rude. In your years at Cos, that's not how you would have done things. It's not. It's not at all. No. I mean, maybe, do you disagree? I think Danielle comes in with such a particular energy that, don't get me wrong, I think this woman is quite gormless. Yeah. But also, I think that people are regulars at Posh and... I think Danielle responds as if this woman's behavior is the equivalent of a horse's head in her bed. Mm -hmm. I think it merits no more than your assistant's a little bit rude. Yeah. Rather than like a personal attack of like, therefore I will not be shopping at Posh anymore. <laughs> when um Kim D comes back from paying the water bill and she's on the phone to, to Danielle... And she's explaining that to Danielle. She's like, that's bullshit. Oh, I get it, Kim. I get it. And she's acting as if this is a carefully orchestrated plan to take down yes. Danielle. It's like a setup. It's a sting operation. Or but something. also, I love her impression of the woman where she puts the head on and she's like, nope. Well, no, no. She's like, and the way she takes the call from Jillian at first when she leaves in the first place and she's like, hey, baby girl, mommy's got a little situation here. Literally, like, she's going to go in and break her legs. Exactly. Yeah, like, she, like, Jillian's like, mom. She's like wiping the blood off her hands. She's like, it's the mommy's end of school. Mommy's like, something so, else. Yeah. Exactly. Where she are you? She has that energy in general. Mommy has a little... She does have that energy in general when she walks into Posh of that mafia boss who'll like go into a bar or some business and they'll like, she'll just like wipe her finger along the counter. Yes, And like yeah. fill the dust. And she's like, this like is Like nice, I own this place. Nice business. It would be a shame if something were to happen to it. I don't know. A terrible fire or something. <laughs> things can go in an instant. You never know. Mm. I just love um, when she walks out and she's just like, tell Kim D that I came. And she's just like, didn't get your name. <laughs> it's a know. great well yeah, done yeah, Donna. it is yeah well she's, done. she's quick as our Donna I'll give her that I love that Danielle then says that for the sake she's like for the sake of our friendship I don't think I can shop at Posh anymore where it's like you will be losing my customership to your shop for the sake of our friendship I don't think we should mix personal and business anymore but yeah two things it's like the double negative she employs when she's like I love you too much for you to not let me not treat me like this <laughs> not 
And then, yeah, the fact that she's withholding her money and we've also established, though, that she actually has a tab and she never pays her bill right. for Posh. So also, it doesn't show a talking head where she's like, and believe me, Kim D will she miss. She will miss my money. She will ruin the day. No, it's like her impression of Chris Manzo. That like, oh, ho, 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 she yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then she goes, ha, ha, bye-bye. Oh, my God, that's... <laughs> That's the best bit. Ha ha. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh. And on that note, bye bye. Are we saying bye bye? Well, it kind of. It. I. I always think that she. Yeah. Wraps it up with. Well, what do you think? Well, we're on an hour. Do you think that in ten more minutes we'd be able to talk about the charity event and the end of the season and the reunion? I. I think we want to give it one more. Let's give it one episode. more go. All right. Also, okay. that is a nice place to end this. It is. Yeah, we find ourselves on the precipice and where everything gets heightened up a gear, and this is where we're really off to the races. And I think yet again we're going to have to do, <laughs> do another episode. I mean, if we've done a three-parter for Luan, we can do a three-parter for Danielle. That's the god's honest truth. Speaking of Luan, I've got my cabaret coming up on Tuesday. Amazing. Amazing. I am a cabaret star. For those of you that don't know, I'm I'm basically the Luan of London, and I'll be it's very um, important. I'll be <laughs> I'll be reading out excerpts of my diary and singing various scattered versions of Jingle Bells. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a whole thing. I can't wait for the day one day where I have a nervous breakdown and I yell at you. Life is not a cabaret. I can't wait for that day too. It's going to be a great moment. Honestly, it's the only reason I do these shows is <laughs> is I'm just <laughs> crying out for someone around me to go. Life is not a cabaret. Great. <laughs> <laughs> So whenever I'm going to be spending I, I Tuesday an... just like sat backstage in curlers being like, no, I can't talk to them right now. Do they know I have to warm up? Would you like to plug it? I mean, by the time it, this episode comes out, no. it been gone. Okay. All right. Also, it's sold out, don't you know? Oh, is it? Oh, great. Is it? Mm. It's fine. It's not very big as a venue. Do you have a poster of it? What, up outside for me to yeah. take a picture of? Exactly. Amazing. Amazing. I need to go and ask a random <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah, it has to be a random. Ditch my friends. Yeah. Oh. All right. 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 I'll take us out then. Take us out. Thank you for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating. And if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining and we'll see you next time. Bum, bum,